thanks, uh, Tommy and Emily and Daniel. This is a, this is a great story, isn't it? And uh, I love it that we sang that Revelation song, that song of worship, because I picture that vision that Isaiah had uh, of heaven and, and, uh, and the things that were being sung and said and the holy, holy, holy. It's a great story, and it's going to help us look at some of the shifts that we can make in our lives to be more like Jesus. That's what we've been talking about here in worship the last four weeks. Now, you younger kids, you guys have been out and you've gone to Kingdom Kids and you've been learning some good things there, but we've been talking about shifts and we're gonna, we want to include you today. Today we're all going to look at some shifts that we can make in order to be more like Jesus. That's what we've been saying. We've been talking about being disciples and we've been saying this, that the journey of discipleship moves us in the direction of becoming more like Jesus. And we're asking the question, what shifts are needed in our perspective on God, our perspective on ourselves, on each other, and the world to help us on our way? And today we're looking at shifting our idea of how God can use us. And we've already seen God using a few of our children uh, in our worship this morning. We're looking at shifting our idea of how God can use us. And we're looking into the Bible story that we just heard, and there's an outline for everybody. Now, it's a little bit different than the, the big people outline I put in every week. It's a, it's a format like this. It's all on one side. And you'll see it's a little bit different. I'm using a fill-in-the-blank format. It's not, not my, my usual way. And um, what I've done is I've made this one a little bit more kid-friendly, but not necessarily childish. Got that? Kid-friendly but not childish, and I think we can all use this to guide our ways through. So kids, there's one in your, in your worship bag. If you've got a worship bag this morning, there's some other stuff in there, but this will help you kind of listen a little bit better where Pastor Scott's going with the, the sermon, and, and big people, uh, yours is in your bulletin if you want to follow along as well. Let's go. This first one's pretty easy. Today's Bible story is about a prophet named Isaiah. Yeah, today's Bible story is about a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah is actually one of the, the longer books in the Bible. It's 66 chapters long. It's in the Old Testament. It's the first of all those, the, the big prophet books there. And, um, and I thought it'd be good just for a moment for us to be reminded what a prophet is. What is a prophet? One way to put it is this, that prophets help people get back to God and help people get back to living God's way. All right? A lot of times we hear the word prophecy and we think it's kind of telling the future. And, and sometimes the prophets did that too. And there's things in the Bible where the prophets are telling us what's going to happen way out in the future. But a lot of times the job that God had for prophets to do was to try to encourage people who'd wandered away from him, who were being disobedient and living life on their own, to come back to God and to live his way. Isaiah was writing at a really bad time in Israel's history. It was a time when a lot of people were ignoring God and they weren't obeying him. They didn't care very much about God. They were doing things to hurt each other. They were basically doing things their own way. And God wanted to use Isaiah to call them back. But God also needed to help Isaiah make some shifts in his own life, which brings us to today's story. In Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8, he has a vision, first of all, of a holy God. A holy God. He says, I see the Lord seated on this throne and the train fills the whole temple. It was an amazing view of God. And what Isaiah saw was a a holy, meaning set apart, meaning perfect in brightness, holier than any, better than any person could ever be. He had a vision of a holy God. And then there was all this singing and things going back and forth. And what he also saw was awesome worship. Awesome worship. It's like when you go home on Sunday and go, how was church today? Oh, it was awesome worship. This, our worship is like little compared to what Isaiah was experiencing. 
Holy God and awesome worship. It says this, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphim. What's a seraphim? It's kind of like an angel, okay? We'll, we'll call it an angel. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. There were smoke machines in heaven. See, all those mega churches are right by having the smoke machine. Isn't that cool? It's filled with smoke. There won't be one at Neighbor Cub, don't worry. <laughs> and it says that the angels were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I think we should give this a try. I think we should call out to each other. Here, here's, here's, how about this half of the room? Say it to that half, and then this, that half, this half, say it to that half. We're going to call out to each other just the way the angels were, okay? So this side, turn and look at the say, and, and let's say it together. I'm going to be with you. Okay, all right. Ready to go? Okay. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Okay, you guys ready? Think you can do a little better, a little louder, a little more, more gusto, mucho gusto? Okay. All right. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let's, you guys didn't know that it was a competition when you started, so I'll give you another chance. Okay, so holy, holy. All right, you guys. And one more all together now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. See, and they sang songs over and over again in the vision too, but that's just another point we'll make later. Anyway, it was very powerful worship that Isaiah was witnessing, a holy God and awesome worship. It's amazing, but look what happens next here in this passage. And I've written this in the outline. All of this amazingness and all of this holiness did not make Isaiah go, wow, this is so cool. It made him feel like there was no way he could do what God wanted him to do. It made Isaiah feel kind of small, really, and like there wasn't anything he could do. All this amazingness and holiness made him feel like there was no way he could do what he could do. God wanted him to do. And he was saying, in a sense to God, I can't do this. And so the first shift we talk about here is God helps us shift from I can't to I can. God helps us shift from I can't to I can. Now, to help us understand a little bit what it feels like to say I can or I can't, I, I, I have a little bit of help this morning. A couple of our kids are going to help me out. Now, here's Margo. Why don't you keep coming right up, Margo? Why don't you take a seat at the piano? And Abraham, if you can come up and just maybe just sit on this step right now until it's your turn, okay? This is Margo Leonard, and this is Abraham Johnson, and they're going to help me out a little bit. So, Margo, um, I'd like you to do something that you can do very well. I've heard you play the piano before, and I'd like you to play a, a song. Margo's actually getting this one ready for... She just started playing piano like 10 weeks ago, and she's doing this piece in a recital next week. And so I want you to listen to Mark play now. Okay, go ahead, Margo.
All right. Thank you, Margo. And I just stay right there. And, and Abraham, do you, do you have a little dance for us, don't you? Can you just dance for us a little bit? Okay, go ahead. Why don't you move kind of just over there so everybody can see. Right over there. There you go. All right. All right, go. Woo, baby. All right. Now, stay here. Stay here. Okay. Now, actually, that's excellent. Abraham, could you go over to the piano? And Margo, could you come over here? Come on. Come on over here. And now, um, come on. Just over here. You can hold your... You can hold your now, Abraham, can you play Rock Around the Clock? You can't? You can. You can't. Could you, could you go over here and just... Could you just do the same dance that Abraham just did? No, you can't? Okay, that's all right. Well, thanks anyway, you guys. You can, you can go ahead and have a seat. Let's give him a big hand, okay? Thanks a lot, Abraham. That was awesome, by the way. <clears throat> We're going to figure out ways to work that into worship more often, I think. Both these signs. Who knew Rock Around the Clock could work in worship, right? Now, the I can, I can't, it's pretty simple. Margo's taking lessons. Margo has perhaps a musical gift. I was sharing with her this morning that a lot of, a lot of musicians tell you later in life, they go, well, when did you start? And they tell you the age. And where did you first play? And they say, in church, right? Yeah, a lot of people, that's their story. And Abraham has got the moves. Now, I, I wish I could move like that, Abraham. But, uh, you know, he, he's kind of got a gift. But he's also practiced that a lot. You know, he didn't just come up with that. And obviously, Margo's practiced a lot, too. And so they have both moved from I can't to I can in terms of what they can do. They have lessons and practice, but they both have some natural ability. It's something that God put into Margo and something that God put into Abraham. And it's going to be fun for us to watch that kind of come alive. You know, we've, these two kids have been in this church since they, were, since they were babies. And we're watching them grow up. You know, there's things that they can do now that they couldn't do before. God puts in each of us gifts and abilities, but he also calls us to, to hone those and to learn and, and to be able to move from the same, the things that we can't do to moving to things that we can do. Now, the prophet Isaiah, he had a gift and a call too. He, he wasn't a piano player and he wasn't a dancer, at least not that we're aware of, we know in scripture, but he had this call from God to be a spokesperson. He was a good speaker. He could speak to people. And some of you have that gift as well, where you can, you're somebody who can be persuasive and you can encourage people. You might even be a, a, someone who's a teacher or a preacher, someone who can call people back to God. Isaiah had that gift in his life. But he was in this place of amazing worship and says, I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't be who you need me to be, God. But God wanted him to shift from I can't to I can. And there's one more thing that Isaiah needed besides his gift and his call. He needed to realize that he was a sinner. <laughs> he realized that there was things in his life that were keeping him distant from God. And he wasn't able to fully live into what God wanted him to do. And that's why he said, I can't do this. And what does Isaiah need to make the shift? What do we need to make that shift? And that's the next fill in the blank. To be used by God, we need to be what? We need to be forgiven. And then we need to be made new. We need to be made, we need to be forgiven, and we need to be made new. Isaiah needed to shift from weakness and sin to being free and available. Isaiah needed to move from the place of feeling like he wasn't worthy and couldn't do what God has called him to do to be empowered because God said, I can use you, Abraham. No, or, uh, Isaiah, you're not perfect, but I can make you new and I can use you. And so by forgiving Isaiah, he was moving from I can't to I can. Now, there's another thing that Isaiah was dealing with here. Another thing that he was, was feeling. 
that we sometimes feel too. Not only did he think that he couldn't do what he what what God wanted him to do, but he wondered if God, he wondered if this awesome God, he wondered if this powerful God really, really did need him. He was feeling small. He was feeling fearful. He was feeling like he was not perfect. And we can feel that way sometimes too, like we're really not that important. God's got a lot of great people out there that he can use. Maybe I'm not that important. Or there's really not that much I can do to help others. There's really not a whole lot I can do to make a difference. And so we feel sometimes like we are not needed. Well, as God calls Isaiah to action, he also calls all of us. And God helps us make the shift from I'm not needed to I'm needed. God helps us shift from I'm not needed to I'm needed. Now, God can do anything. God can bring everyone to himself. He can prove his love to each person. God can fix all of the things that are wrong with the world, and he can do this all by himself. He does not need our help, really, because he's God and he's all-powerful. God does not have to work through humans. He could have, but the Bible tells us that he did not. The way God designed things, the way God created things, the way he created you and me was he really does need us to work with him in rolling out his plan. God designed a world where we participate with him in showing his love. We participate with God in making a difference in the world for him. We are part of his plan to work out his purposes. We are needed. And so here's another thing we want to say. To be used by God, we need to understand that we are part of his plan and that he created us for a purpose, okay? We are part of God's plan and he created each of us for a purpose. We are needed to show others that God is real. We are needed to show God that he loves them. People won't know unless we show them or tell them. God needs us to do that. God needs to work through us to show that he has the power Uh, to change lives. Unless we tell our stories about how our lives have changed, people might not know that. If there's some places that have been very hurt inside of us where we've had our feelings hurt or we've been been hurt by another person and, and God brings us to a place of healing, if we don't tell somebody else that it was God that did that, they won't know that. God is depending on us. We are needed to take that good news. If we don't comfort another person with hope that there is in Jesus, then they won't know that there is hope in Jesus comforting the sad, hope for the future. If we don't give somebody hope, they may not know that there's hope in God. God needs us. He does need us. He needs us, first of all, not to be selfish. He needs us to be willing to to look at others. He needs us to be willing to care more for others than just for what we need. He needs us to act more and more like Jesus so that people will get to know Jesus. We can't see Jesus, can we? But we can be like Jesus in a world that needs to know him and his love. There's a lot that God wants us to do as he moves us, shifts us from I can't to I can and shifts us from I'm not needed to I needed. Let's go back to the story. When, when Isaiah finally understood that God had forgiven his sin, making him able to say I can, that's our first shift. And when Isaiah fully understood and he could see God's plans and say I'm needed, then what did Isaiah say? The kids said it all together at the end of their, their scripture reading. It's the last few words of the Isaiah text that we read. Isaiah said, here, I, here am I. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. He was ready now. He knew he could, and he knew he was needed. And he was able to say now, cleaned up and empowered by God, say, here am I. Send me. And that's what he wants each of us to say as well. 
He wants to shift us from I can't to I can. He wants to shift us from I'm not needed to I'm needed. And for us to say, here I am, send me. We're going to take communion in just a few minutes. And in a sense, we kind of say that when we take communion. Sometimes if you're here for communion, we, we share the trays out in the rows and you take it and, and then the trays come back. But today we're all going to come up front. We're going to come section by section and I'll explain that in a minute. But when we take communion, some really important things are, are, are happening. There's some things that we say when we take communion. The first thing that we say when we take communion is, Jesus died for me, my sins are what? My sins are forgiven, okay? Jesus died for me. And so the, 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 the bread, the little bit of bread and the, and, and the juice, they stay juice and bread, but they remind us, they remind us that Jesus shed blood on the cross and that his body was broken and died. And so those two things remind us, wow, Jesus had to die to forgive my sins. And so we remember, first of all, number one, that Jesus died for us and that our sins are forgiven. A second thing that we say when we take communion is Jesus is here. We say, we recognize not just that these are symbols, but we recognize that Jesus is, is with us all the time, even though we don't see him. And communion is especially a time when we say, wow, Jesus is here. But not only that, when we take communion, we say, he's here and I know him. He's here and I have a relationship with him. I've asked Jesus into my life. I'm, I'm learning about him. I'm, I'm taking that Bible I got in first grade and I'm reading the stories, I'm learning who he is and I'm getting to know him, not just about him, but know him. And so in communion, the second thing we say is Jesus is here and I have a relationship with him. And then thirdly, another thing we say at communion is Jesus wants all people to know about God's love. Jesus said, do this until I come again, meaning keep doing this as an expression that I'm in the world and that I love people. Jesus wants all people to know God's love and here's where you can fill in the blank. Here's how I will help him and here's how he can use me. Okay, I want everybody, all ages here, to be thinking, what can I write on this line? Or actually in your bulletin, there's a little blank white card that you can bring forward during communion in a few minutes if you would like to do it that way. Jesus wants all people to know God's love. But we've already understood from Isaiah that he needs us to get that message out there. What are some unique gifts and abilities that we have? What are some relationships that we have? What are some needs that we see around us that if we did something and we let God use us, people would come to understand a little bit more about who God is and how much he loves them? What can you do for a friend at work, for those of you that have a job? What can you do for a friend that you know at school? What can you do to help in the home and help your family understand how much you appreciate them? What are the things that you could list that you give thanks to God for that nobody else could do these things but God? How could you give testimony or witness to that? Think a few moments here. Here's how I will help the world know about God's love. And here's how he can use me. I just want you to think on that for just a few minutes. Kayla's going to start playing the piano, and in a few minutes we'll get ready to serve communion. But I just want you to think for a little while. Here's how I will help. Here's how he can use me. You can put it on your outline, or you can put it on that blank card and bring it forward in a few minutes.
the power to move us from I can't to I can. And we ask you to help us make the shifts from feeling sometimes like we're not needed and we're not important to realizing, Lord, that you're, you're depending on us to work with you and to participate with you and to help this broken, hurting world know how much you love them and how you can put lives back together and you can bring peace and joy and hope for our lives. Help us, Lord, to know the places in our own life where you want to use us to make that difference. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. It's now our privilege to celebrate communion or what we call the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. You see, anyone who knows Jesus and has a relationship with him, anyone who is sorry for their sins, anyone who wants to live a life that pleases God, anyone who wants to be used by God to show his love to the world, they are invited to come and receive communion, this gift from Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, invites us to Holy Communion. He meets us here. He gives himself to us here as he gathers us together. It means not just with you, but it means with each other, celebrating who you are and your love. Empower us, Lord, to go make a difference, to move from I can't to I can, move us from I'm not needed to seeing, Lord, that you do need us to be your hands and feet in the expression of your love. We pray this as we have received it in Christ's name. Amen.